When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Has your opinion about America changed because of this massacre? We have a different opinion about America because Allah Almighty prophesizes that you cannot satisfy Jews and Christians until you obey Him and follow His path. Our opinion about every disbeliever is different. This is because of Islam. Because Allah Almighty says to unite for my sake and separate for my sake. Be friends with the one who is my friend. That which is my enemy, separate from it. In the spring of 2022, the Afghan survivors from Malakozai, Najbien, offered us their poignant reflections on the Kandahar massacre. They come from villages without internet or infrastructure. In all likelihood, they'll never hear this podcast. Still, they hope to share their perspective on this tragedy to the world. For them, what happened on March 11th, 2012, was intensely personal. Here's Mullah Baran. My brother was my right hand, and now my right hand is cut off. Although 11 years have passed since that sadness, and I have some distance from my brother, for me, it feels the same as that first night. I used to have five brothers. Now, we are left with four. Every time we meet, I talk about the sadness of that first night. It's a sadness that is not forgotten in life. Until death. Until death. 
Previously on The War Within. I think the situation in Afghanistan remains so complicated. And Robert Bales is a depiction of the complexities of this conflict. Afghanistan, it got demonstrably worse after Bales was gone. This whole thing became shrouded in mystery and secrecy. It is my belief that Bales was helped in some way to commit these crimes, but this is a Taliban village. It just seemed fundamentally unfair to me that someone who we created should be treated the way he was being treated. We already know the dangers of PTSD. You cannot see a person get blown up into chunks and be okay. You're going to get a sentencing hearing or they're going to reassess the sentence. The error is so plain and prejudicial. You know, it's a heinous act that is very difficult to judge with American eyes, but I understand how I got where I was. I'm Mike McGinnis. This is The War Within, The Robert Bales Story. The Taliban took control over Afghanistan in the late summer of 2021 but they had been gaining ground for a long time before the formal transfer of power. Hikmatullah Dawood, who lost his dad to Robert Bales, was born during wartime. At age 19, he's now old enough to fight himself. I want to say that if I had an axe, I would fight against these Americans. And if I can, I will go to America and take my revenge on Robert Bales. He killed my father. He threatened my brother, who was four months old. All of this is so painful for me. This is the life I lead and the situation I've been dealt. Sometimes I have a dream that Robert Bales will come to Afghanistan once again and I can finally give him what he deserves. The villagers of Panjway are a complex group and each one has processed this devastation of family and of country in different ways. Some want retribution. Others, like Haji Wazir, simply ask for peace after decades of conflict. I want the Almighty God to settle our country and calm my Afghanistan, that there will be no more killing and war here. Our dream is that our country can be prosperous May God keep us away from more calamities and not bring disaster and war to our homeland. This is our government, this is our life, and it is acceptable to us. We neither need nor want anybody else. Just as the massacre changed the lives of these individuals forever, it also significantly impacted the tenor of the Afghan war. Even before the Bale shooting, a sense of unease around the conduct of U.S. soldiers had been building for some time, as Private James Alexander recalls. I think it was a few weeks earlier that some Marines had pissed on uh, a Quran, right? And so the, the Taliban and the Afghans were all, I mean, understandably, it's their sacred text, and they're, you know, up in arms about it, right? This incident, from January of 2012, where a group of soldiers were caught on video urinating on a Quran, sparked protests around Afghanistan. With the Bales killing coming two months later, there seemed to be a growing sentiment of negativity towards American troops. Here's journalist Yalda Hakim, who was in country at the time. This was a very dramatic moment. The Taliban gained a lot of ground, the war was intensifying, 
And then when incidents like the Quran burning and then the Robert Bales thing, it was like a series of incidents that took place that I think at a very critical time in the country and the war shaped how the next almost decade would look. This lack of trust, security spiraling out of control, Afghans increasingly becoming frustrated and angry. Obama was trying to find a solution with a partner, the then President Hamid Karzai, was increasingly being backed into a corner and disgruntled. For Karzai, it's all about the relationships. It just felt like the Obama administration didn't manage that relationship with him. And it went darker and darker and darker to the point where it hit rock bottom. Amid stories of American wrongdoing making headlines during an election year, President Barack Obama took action, traveling to Afghanistan to sign an agreement with Hamid Karzai. It was the talking point of all of our conversations. Will the Afghans sign this security agreement? I think Karzai at that point had so many grievances that he used the agreement as leverage and a bargaining chip. There was a power play being played where Karzai was sort of really trying to show Obama that he doesn't hold all the cards. And, oh, really, you want this deal, do you? Well, we're not quite sure if I'm going to sign it. And given what had taken place in Iraq and the withdrawal, it was kind of like, let's not make the same sort of mistakes, let's have a proper agreement in place. I've come to Afghanistan to mark a historic moment for our two nations uh, and to do so on Afghan soil. I'm here to affirm the bonds between our countries and to look forward to a future of peace and security and greater prosperity for our nations. And today we're agreeing to be long-term partners in combating terrorism and training Afghan security forces in strengthening democratic institutions and supporting development and protecting human rights of all Afghans. Obama and Karzai ended up signing their strategic partnership agreement on May 1st, 2012 the one-year anniversary of Osama bin Laden's death and less than two months after the massacre. The deal promised to, quote, strengthen Afghan sovereignty, stability, and prosperity and contribute to our shared goal of defeating al-Qaeda and its extremist affiliates. So, what did that mean for the region of Panjshui? My situation created a good opportunity for the Taliban to use uh, my situation to try to recruit other people and uh, try to force American policy in the area to a certain uh, degree. It provided the offensive information opportunity for the Taliban to say, look at American soldiers and what they're doing to our people. This is actually where my personal experience comes into play. I've mentioned that I was in Afghanistan in 2012, deployed only 30 miles or so from Robert Bales. I witnessed the change that took place in the aftermath. My platoon learned about the massacre from the Army newspaper Stars and Stripes. Once we read what happened and got together to talk about it, we knew that this would make our jobs much harder. Panjway podcast host Curtis Grace also has some expertise on the province during this era. In March of 2012, the Panjway massacre weakened the central government's power in the area. They appeared weak because Bobby Bales never went on trial in, in Afghanistan. And then from 2014, and this is no shit for real, from 2014 to 2019, there was no violence in Panjway. 
there was nothing. Like the the Afghan army didn't get hit, the Afghan local police didn't get hit. There weren't bombings. I flew over Panjway all the time. Never had an engagement. Never had a mission in Panjway. It was weird, and I just never bought it. Our theory is there was a deal. You know, basically the Afghan government I think lost some of their bargaining power, um, and they made a deal with the Taliban and said, "Hey, we will let you do your thing in Panjway." So I think the Panjway massacre was kind of the nail in the coffin for any chance to really control Panjway. Just two years after Bales walked off his VSP, the American presence in the birthplace of the Taliban was either vastly diminished or gone completely. In that context, it's worth considering whether the staff sergeant's actions were seen as a referendum on the United States' policy of counterinsurgency. I like to say the Kandahar massacre was the day that we lost the war. I know it sounds really crazy to say that, but when your strategy is we're going to put good-hearted Americans in these villages and, and sort of sway the people with their good-heartedness, and they're going to see that we're helping, and in fact, one guy goes crazy and kills a bunch of people, like, that's the end of that strategy. The VSP strategy is not going to be successful after that, right? Panjway was always a Taliban powerhouse. You're not going to change it. And we got really close. We showed the Pashto people what it could be like to live in a modern society, for women to be able to vote, for women to be able to go to school, uh, for people to be educated, to have modern infrastructure. But now that everything's falling apart, we're not going back anytime soon. Robert Bales made the following comments in 2019, long before the official end of America's longest war. It's going to take a generation to change things. And we're not, as Americans at this point in history, willing to do that. So why put more Americans in harm's way for something that we're not going to see through? We're not going to finish this. You know, I think the Taliban were just waiting. I don't think that it was a conversion of philosophies. I don't think one day they were like, hey, we like the Americans now. We want to live like them. I think the idea was, oh, they're going to leave. Let's accumulate all the assets we can. Let's grab as much stuff as we can before they leave. And once they're gone, we'll take back over. Bales would basically be proven right. As the last American soldiers fled Afghanistan on August 30th of 2021, the Taliban flag was raised in the capital city of Kabul. Western occupation was over, and Islamist extremism ruled again. Journalist Kathy Gannon breaks down why, in hindsight, this was always going to be the most likely result of an invasion that had begun two decades prior. I don't know what the strategy was. Okay, America was attacked by Al-Qaeda, but I think from the beginning, America wanted to go to Iraq. 2003, you went to Iraq. You began planning Iraq long before that. Afghanistan was what? What was the strategy? From day one, the level of corruption started, and the Americans were actively involved in that as well because it was expedient. You partnered with people who had a history of corruption and lawlessness. You partnered with them willingly, and you gave them a free reign and did nothing to control that. So it wasn't in 2021 that this happened. This was 20 years of mismanagement that led to it. The hope was always that a regime could be established, supported by the civilians, that could stand up to the Taliban. 
But when the U.S. started to withdraw its troops, it became clear that their Afghan allies did stand a chance, as Yalda Hakim explains. The Afghans had become so dependent on the U.S. military for even the most basic of decision-making. There was a reliance there. And when you take that rug away from under their feet and kind of essentially handicap them and tie their hands behind their backs and tie their feet and blindfold them and gag them and then just say, here's a weapon, try and use it. That is essentially what happened. There wasn't really, in the end, a fight that was put up because when you feel handicapped and there's corruption, you're not quite sure what the aim of the purpose of all of this is. And your partner, the people offering you air support, all that disappears. You know, you realize that, okay, well, if all that didn't mean anything, what matters? You know, what ultimately matters? Do I want to lose my life? Do I want my wife to be a widow? Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The Taliban, it would seem, will be in power for the foreseeable future. 
Here's what Bob Bales had to say about the current state of affairs in Afghanistan, speaking to us in December of 2022. You know, I'm going to sit in prison for the rest of my life, never have the opportunity to go out there and do anything. And the Taliban are sitting there running their country. I don't understand. I guess uh, I'm confused and uh, it makes me frustrated every day. While I've been in prison, I've earned my college degree. I'm six classes away from having my master's degree. I've taken rehabilitation classes. I've done everything I can do to be a better person. Then let's compare that to the Taliban. What have they done? What did they do to oppress women, children, move their country back 20 years? I guess uh, America has decided the Taliban deserves a second chance, not me. I knew that Kabul would fall eventually. None of it was really surprising. But it does kind of force you to reflect to like, what was the fucking point, man? Why did we spend 20 years here for it to fall apart in two weeks? Most of the other veterans interviewed for this podcast seem to have mixed feelings about the war and the role they played, like Curtis Grace. I think you frame your service in, in the proper perspective. We got orders, we went out and we did what we were supposed to do and we came home. That's a success. And we showed basically a generation and a half of Afghans what freedom was like. You know, and they're not going to forget that overnight. It's not like now that the Taliban's in charge, they're just going to completely forget about it. Special Forces Captain Danny Fields tries to see the good that came from his service, along with the bad. It's hard to kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, you deployed multiple times to a location. You've lost friends. You've got friends who are still alive, but are permanently disabled as a result of it. Um, it's hard to come to terms with that and know that, you know, there's this kind of very quick and immediate failure that occurred in the course of just a few weeks um, after after we pulled out. But what I focus on is what good did I do while I was there? Did I impact something while I was there? And certainly the bail situation changes the calculus a lot. It's customary in the States to thank a veteran for their service. But when your time in the military is linked with an incident like the Kandahar Massacre, it puts the idea of fighting for your country in a different light. James Alexander recalls the tense atmosphere around their squad after they had left BSB Bellumbi and returned to the U.S. We're all just drinking to kind of cope with it. I'm surprised not more happened to us. Like, I mean, we were honestly reckless, just completely just acting out because we were just like so enraged with like all of these feelings and emotions that like we just didn't know what to do with it. We pretty much destroyed the barracks. You know, it's like we're breaking stuff and beer bottles everywhere. It just didn't, we just didn't care. We're just angry, angry young men with no outlet. Many of the soldiers, such as Gavin Jones, directed their frustrations inward. I couldn't live with myself. I felt like such a fraud, you know, knowing that there's parents that are going to live out the rest of their like shitty lives doing shitty Afghani things without their kids. Just the sight of halfway burned carcasses being paraded in front of you from someone that is your leadership really soured my view of authority backed up by violence. Gavin was so affected by the killings that he opted to distance himself from his service completely. 
After everything went down, I was able to get out under the conscientious objector clause because after everything that I witnessed firsthand, I really uh, didn't uh, really want to serve a military that, I'm not going to say propped up that kind of behavior, but uh, uh, certainly was negligent. You know, running into enemy fire, helping out your buddy, you know, that's what I like, but um, not when really vulnerable people and a lot of children get caught up in the mix. After a talk with one of his squad mates, Alexander started putting in the work to heal his psyche from this traumatic experience. When we talk about like PTSD and all of these issues, like we were going through it. And that was probably my first recognition, like, oh man, I'm just not going to be able to beat this myself. And that's when I started talking to like behavior health people and like therapists and being really authentic and honest with them and having a cathartic experience of talking with them about the situation, how I felt and getting it off my chest. And that's what saved my career and my life, honestly. The reason why I was so able to do this is because of past trauma. I was involved in a school shooting, much like Columbine, uh, back in 1996. This guy named Thomas Hamilton, who was my Boy Scout troop leader and coach, went into a school. And, um, yeah. For Alexander, one of the most scarring events one might ever witness felt like it had repeated itself. It begs the question of whether Robert Bales can be classified as yet another assailant in the American epidemic of mass shootings. In the eyes of Bob's wife, the answer is clear. They're trying to liken it to Sandy Hook. That is completely not true. From his perspective, he was doing what had to be done, and that was protecting his men. He didn't go out to kill innocent civilians. That was not what he was to do. Both of the places they had been to previously and had searched, and they were, you know, known Taliban. They found sniper rifles. They found IED making material. So I believe it was a very scary place to be. Brendan Vaughn, who wrote the GQ piece on Bales, also draws a distinction between something like Sandy Hook and the Kandahar Massacre but only up to a point. The context is certainly different. Is it any less bad? No. Is it different? Yes. The setting is completely different. What he was out doing on patrol on a regular basis, the difference between that and what the Aurora shooter and other school shooters are doing in their daily lives, but I don't think that makes what Bales did any less of a murder that's worthy of the exact same punishment as a school shooter. When faced with this comparison, Bob's friend David Wesley focused more on the public response to racially motivated shootings in places like South Carolina and Buffalo, New York. So Bob went out and he killed some Afghani people. This man in Buffalo legit went and did a recon talked to a guy, videotaped, then came back and killed those people solely because they were black. I haven't heard the local media call for his death yet. What I did hear was they say that he was sick. What I did hear about Dylan Roof 
when he killed nine black individuals that he had mental problems, that he was a loner. This isn't Buffalo. This is not one rogue man that just couldn't fit into society that did this. Right? This was a well-trained soldier that had gotten broken. I don't know the circumstances of what made Bob do what he did. I just know that the Bob that did that was broken by his system. I think that the American people are good people and they have a set of values and they believe that when their military goes out to defend those set of values, it is for a purpose. But I think the situation in Afghanistan was and remains so complicated. And Robert Bales is a depiction of the complexities of this conflict, of the misunderstandings of this conflict, of the murkiness of what was happening, that I'm frankly surprised that we didn't have more cases like the Robert Bales case. Yalda Hakim raises an important question. Why was it only Bales? Why didn't this kind of attack on Afghan civilians happen more often? But journalist Kathy Gannon has a counter question. Are you sure that it wasn't only Bales who committed unauthorized attacks? Bales was not an aberration. This did happen often. How much was reported is another thing, but it did happen often enough. At one point, uh, the UN report, they put out a report, and there were more civilians killed in bombing raids than there were by the Taliban. So I think that should have been looked into much sooner. Why wasn't anybody looking into it? You know, why, why wasn't it important enough? Incidents like the Kandahar massacre were toxic to the military from a public relations perspective. It wasn't long before the people in charge at VSB Bellambine, including Captain Danny Fields, were considered to be radioactive within the ranks. Really loved what I did, but on the heels of the Bales incident, I was having a discussion with my battalion commander. You know, I I asked him genuinely, I said, hey, what does this mean for my career? And, you know, at the time, I wanted to stay in. I wanted to do other things with special operations. He told me, hey, look, most likely this incident is going to follow you around for your career. I think there was a lot of resentment that I had towards Bales uh, in the beginning. Not for just sidetracking my career, but the careers of other people that I worked with, people who are just incredible people. So I had a lot of resentment, had a lot of anger. You know, a long time has passed, though. Do I still have resentment towards him? Sure. Yeah, I I still think there's a part of me who probably hasn't and probably will never forgive him for what he did. Soldier X was another guy whose career, whose outlook on life, would never be the same. I was furious. I'm still furious. So a lot of anger of what that man did, not just to me, but to all those dudes who... That was their time to show their country that they're there to be patriots, and he took that away from every single one of those guys. And I felt a lot of shame. My family had to feel that shame. My kid, my brand new kid that came home, you know, I was just gone. My wife says all the time, I 
be physically present, just be somewhere else. You know, just angry, 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 angry at bales, angry at myself. It was challenging to say the least. Men like Soldier X and Danny Fields, James Alexander and Gavin Jones, who deployed to VSP Bellumbi, they've expressed a fair amount of animosity toward the former staff sergeant. But zoom out a little further, and other vets who've known Robert Bales have found more room to empathize with his plight. Take Executive Officer Nick Beasley, who first linked up with Bales during their days in Iraq. People know Bales and knew the story, but for me, he was a great friend. The frustrating thing for me is that there's been nobody that's really looked at Bales the person. And there hasn't been any deep dive in what he is because everyone wants him to be that lightning rod monster that they can keep in a cage. That's the thing that kills me. We really abandoned somebody that spent four years deployed serving our country, being a tremendous NCO, making a difference in a lot of people's lives that were soldiers, and made a horrible, horrible mistake. I want some record out there that he was a good dude, he is a good dude. Having spent time in the most kinetic situations in Iraq, David Wesley can't help but see things from the point of view of an American veteran scarred by war. I don't think we ask a person if you're capable of murder, right? I don't think that's a fair question. But I think the best way to answer it is, what would you be capable of if you spent three years of your life looking at death? Sending your friends home in refrigerated coffins, being bombed routinely, not knowing whether just going to take a shit whether a mortar would impact and you would die on the shitter, what would you be capable of? Have you been in contact with them over the past 10 years? I haven't because I don't know what to say. Because a part of me wants to say, how the fuck dare you, man? How did you let them break you? I want to yell at him, I want to scream at him, but I don't think he needs it, you know? I think he does that to himself enough. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Even if I'm sitting on the couch watching TV or whether I'm in a prison cell, you know, it comes back. There's not a day that I don't relive seeing that little girl. Nobody joins the infantry to be the bad guy. Nobody joins the army after September 11th to be the bad guy. I sit back and I ask, you know, why, how did I get to where I'm at? Like, how did I get from, you know, being the good guy, being the leader of, of my group, to being what I think I was a very good soldier, to being in prison for the rest of my life? How did I go from one to the other? And what purpose was this in God's grand design or God's grand scheme of things? A life sentence in Fort Leavenworth has given Bales plenty of time to examine his life, frequently through the lens of religion. In prison, I've had a lot of time to reflect on it, you know, and I remember hating, you know, this is all in retrospect and reflecting back on it and, and thinking about God. My view on religion has evolved over time from if you, you know, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to burn in hell. My favorite aunt and uncle, they had a different perspective of religion other than this yelling and screaming and you're gonna die and go to hell. Hey, there's this God of love over here. And it was very, uh, very much more into the compassion side of things. And so I was really attracted to that. I think you live and you learn. Bob learns things and he goes forward and he learns things and he goes forward. And he has strong ideas of God, family, and friends. And those things are the most important thing. For all of Robert Bales' self-actualization, there will always be people that feel a life sentence in prison is a punishment that fits the crime. They can't lock him away long enough. Like, this man cannot get out, like, ever. Just can't, it's, there, why have jails if you're not going to put people like him in, you know? I think if he gets out, it's, uh, I mean, the legal system already has issues, but that in itself, I think, I just, like, on its face of it, it's a non-starter. I think the more this gets dragged on and the more he tries to appeal, I'm like, just thinking about yourself, dude. You're not thinking about every single one of those families that you destroyed. At the same time, in his corner remains a small cadre, including, as always, John Marr. I've accepted the case. I take honor in it. I believe it's my duty. I don't feel pressure. I feel that this is a case. There's 
monumental impacts potentially here for the law, for the army, for the Food and Drug Administration, for pharmaceutical manufacturers, and for any other coalition trooper. Democracy abhors a secret and prefers sunshine. We're trying to put some sunshine on it. A lot of people think that the Bob Bale case is really open and shut, black and white, good versus evil. However, as with most things in life, it's much more complicated than that. Lieutenant Colonel Bull Gerfine is the CEO of United American Patriots, an organization dedicated to helping warriors convicted of crimes in the military arena. UAP bankrolls Bales' defense. People in general tend to be emotionally driven. And so I tend to address things rationally with the facts first. Bob Bales was not given a presumption of innocence. I mean, you can imagine if the President of the United States hears this and said, hold on a second, let's find out exactly what happened. Might we have come to the same conclusion? Perhaps, but we don't know. We never will know who the high-ranking Taliban enemy combatants are that Bob claims he killed. We just have the evidence that the Taliban provided to the United States. I believe that our country is coming to a perspective of we've been misled by our emotions. I'd like to believe our society is getting tired of this polarization and is going to start being more rational first and saying, all right, I just saw a headline. Let let me read the article. Let me get into the facts. While the legal battle plays out, Carrie Bales continues to raise her two kids in the hopes that someday her husband will return home to share their lives. She can't see this story ending any other way. I remember the first time, you know, you sit down and you have that pro and con columns of yourself. And I thought about it, like, what would it be like to not be married and to get divorced and not be in mom's life and not take the kids to see their dad and not be there and have another life? And I just couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine my life like that and how sad it would be. He is not just my husband, it's more like my best friend. And we've been through tough times before and got through it. And not a lot of military people are still married. We hit 17 years this last March, and I think we're even more closer than a lot of people that do live together. This is the right path. This is, this is where I want to be. Quincy Bales, Bob's oldest child, shares the worldview that was instilled by her mom and dad. My parents as a whole have always taught us um, to be positive. My dad always says that we're never down, we're either up or getting up. And I think that that's definitely taken a big toll on helping us because our situation does suck, but it leaves room for like um, feeling sorry for ourselves. But we always keep a positive outlook on things and we're also very hopeful. Even so, Bales is well aware of the myriad ways that his actions in Afghanistan changed everything for his two children. Looking at where I'm at today, you know, I don't know that I want my kid going in the army. Um, It's just kind of the way it is. But you're asking someone to do something that isn't natural. You're asking someone to take away everything they've been taught. You don't kill people. You know, it's not okay to kill someone. And now you're giving them 
a weapon. And you're saying not only is it okay to do it, it's honorable to do it, and it is the right thing to do. I don't want my kid going in the military. Yes, it's very honorable. Yes, it's needed. Yes, it's a service. I don't want my kids doing it. You know what I mean? I, I just don't. I, I want them to live a good life, you know, better life. After all this time, Carrie doesn't blame her husband or even the military for the fracturing of their family unit. She understands the struggle that Bob Bales was facing. It was just the perfect storm of events. I mean, I'm a very God-fearing person, and yeah, I'll say there's no coincidences. Obviously, I believe it could have been prevented. I don't know how at this point, right? This many years later. Um, it could have, should have, would have, all of those things. I just think that he was backed into a corner where he didn't... I, I, I don't think... I, I, I don't know. This is the, that's probably the hardest question. My intent was not to kill children. I wrote a letter for Bobby and Quincy while we were in Bellumby. One of the things I wrote to them is that the kids in Afghanistan are no different than the kids in America. You know, I'd sit there and I'd juggle rocks for them. You know, we didn't have toys, so we juggled rocks. You know, I tried to build those relationships with the kids. So to have someone think that I'm such a cold-hearted bastard that I just go in there and kill those kids without any thought or any, there's more to the story than just a guy that lost his shit and went out there and just blew up a bunch of kids and women. On March 11th, 2012, in the dead of night, Robert Bale snuck outside the wire of his village stability platform and walked to the villages of Alakozai and Najibien. What happened that night was an unequivocal tragedy that will echo for eternity. A thousand talking points on a thousand topical issues stem from the idea of the Kandahar Massacre, and this series has endeavored to cover many of them. But at the end of the day, for Robert Bales, living out his years in a cell in the middle of Kansas, it all boils down to one decision. In the midst of what seems like an existential threat, do you take action, or do you just go back to sleep? This was, and continues to be, Robert Bales's War Within. One of the things that helps me as I sit in the USDB on a daily basis is still the belief that there's no way I walk out of there alive had I not done what I did. And moreover, there's no way that the people that were with me walk out of there alive with all their body parts had I not done something that day. If we would have continued on doing the status quo, at least more of us would have been dead, injured, killed, or maimed. I believe that wholeheartedly. I said that at the time, and I still believe it today. You know, whether the rest of the world believes that or not, that's up for them to decide. sit back and I think about it and I'm like you know they drew down the Afghan war after I did what I did they were talking about a troop surge prior to that and they kind of stopped that conversation and they maybe held back some dudes from going over and maybe all those dudes at that VSP had I not done what I did maybe they would all be dead 
maybe they would have sent more people in Afghanistan, maybe more Afghanistan people would be dead. And so maybe, you know, and, and you know, this is all speculation, obviously, but in my mind, I come to that and, you know, I trust God, I trust that there is a plan, and maybe there's something there that we can take and make good, right? Like, don't be overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. And I think that as I'm sitting alone in my cell at night, um, it's the only thing that allows me to keep going sometimes. Does that make sense? The War Within, the Robert Bales story, is a production of Bungalow Media and Entertainment, Checkpoint Productions, and Mosquito Park Pictures, in partnership with iHeart Podcasts. The series was created by executive producers Paul Pulowski and David Sheck. Executive producers for Bungalow Media and Entertainment are Robert Friedman and Mike Powers. The podcast was written and produced by Max Nelson and hosted by me, Mike McGinnis. Editing was done by Anna Haverman. Sound design and mix by John Gardner. Teddy Gannon was an archival producer. Layla Ahmadzai was an associate producer. And Peter Solotaroff was a production assistant. Special thanks to Liz Yale Marsh, Nicole Rubin, Marcy Barkin, Zach Burpee, and Mirwais Atal, as well as all of the people who were interviewed for the podcast. Listen and subscribe to The War Within on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.